0: Welcome to 3 in 3 out the most unique Seahawks podcast on 3 in 3 out we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game the nooks and crannies if you will because that's what fanatics do I'm your host Clinton Bonner find me on Twitter at Clinton Bon and I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers pod on Twitter all right flock let's dive into the sober yin and raging gang that is 3 in 3 out go Hawks Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to another episode of 3 in, 3 out, the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. I'm Clinton Bonner, your humble host, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, Brandon, I woke up this morning and I was not in a very good mood. It's, it's, it was Monday morning when I woke up, when you woke up, when people across the globe woke up. 37, 34, OT loss. The division rival Redbirds doesn't sit well with me. I'm still not over it. I'm kind of an emotional mess, but I want to check in with you. How are you doing? You know, about a about an about a 24 hours later, almost or so, 20 hours later, after what is a pretty, pretty brutal first loss of the season.
1: Yeah, went to bed in a bad mood, woke up in a bad mood. And you know, fortunately, I I try my best to take that time after a football game because. You know, even these late games, my kids cannot go to bed. They were probably up till about 1030 last night. The thing is, I need the bedtime story time with them to to center myself and bring myself back because I you can't be upset reading The Wizard of Oz to a young child. I mean, that just can't happen. So that kind of helps take away some of that sting when a, a game like that happens.
0: So I'm on the East coast. So my, you know, my kids are going to bed around halftime. Usually one will sneak back out and be like, what's going on. They'll sit for another series happened last night. So when my game ended, all I had was Twitter and like a couple of hard seltzers. It was a, it was a lonely place. That's I, not I, I healthy. That's <laughs> not not for either. Not for anything. Like my 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 BMI is sky high. I'm sitting there snacking on you know uh, pretzel chips and, and pickle flavored uh, chips, which are quite lovely. But you know these are these are not things you should do at 12:30 a.m. I mean, I should just follow the gremlin rules and put it away. But drowning myself in caloric drowningness after after a terrible loss. Yeah. Um, even you in know, when I, you
1: try and trick yourself that white claws are low cal, they are not no cal.
0: They're not no cal. They are not no cal. and they're not no alcohol. So when you have a, you know, one too many, you go to bed a little onry and you wake up with a little, you know, just, you know, a little hazy that that's where I was. That's where I was. I'm out of it now, but you know, I, I look back at it too, Brandon. I didn't, we talked about it last week. We talked about it in the bye week. I was not expecting us to go 16 and 0. That to me was not in the cards. No pun intended for this, for this team, for this season, we're a good team, but I wasn't expecting 16 and 0. It's not a loss. I don't care about a loss. Last year, the Ravens came came over to do, uh, the clink, smacked us. You get over it. Last year, late in the season, the Rams tore us apart. It stunk. It definitely had some ramifications, but you get over it. This one stung because it was ours. It was ours the entire time. And it's almost like a much better tennis player when he he or she just keeps with unforced errors, just drilling the ball into the net, hitting the ball a little too far, just unforced errors throughout this match. And it, you know, just hung the loss on us.
1: It's like the feeling of being Dalton, the protector of the double deuce, like in its heyday to being the guy that Dalton rips his throat out at the end of the movie. And it swung in that those wild directions for me.
0: It did. And, you know, I think they were like, you know, we're going to get into the ins. We're going to get into the outs. And of course, that's what we do here on three and three out. But talking about those wild swings, one, a play that I didn't put on the inside of the ledger. It, it's like the craniest and the nook of the one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. So I just want to talk about it at least up front because you can't not recognize the chase down by DK Metcalf. Like that was emotionally exhausting for me, and I was like, I was just like so grateful that that dude was on our team. It was just such an it was such an unbelievable individual effort. I just have to recognize so I want to put it out there and just say, wow, what, what was going through your brain when you watched by watch that guy catch up with a world class athlete from 15 yards behind?
1: Yeah, it had the potential to be one of those plays that you look back at a game at the end of the season and say that made the difference because it went from being an easy touchdown for the Cardinals to being no touchdown to the Cardinals. And it was because DK Metcalf ran Buda Baker down like a cheetah. And took him out and for then it not to go the Seahawks way at the end, again, it, it builds into that this being just a wildly swinging game emotionally. And I guess if I look at it in one way that we're fortunate is that seeing some of the the memes that have come out of that and seeing hmm. some of the commentary in the video, it actually makes being on Twitter after the game bearable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or 1245 where you're, you're tapping your third white claw for some reason, but yes, (laughs) but, but I'm, I'm with you. It it, did. They are funny and they, they will live, they will live forever. Right. Uh, And it was, it was such a great play. just has to be recognized, but the wild emotional swings. I also just want to ask, did anybody notice? Did we, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that we had signed Jameis Winston and that just like Taysom Hill, we were, we were putting him in periodically for just a couple throws. We were just for just a couple throws. We decided to to play Jameis Winston. I didn't even know he was on the squad. Did you know we signed Jameis? I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, it's weird. He shrunk. He fit into a number three jersey and uh, and just decided to to spray it all over the field. But, you know, like I talked about in the postgame show with Nathan, two of those didn't necessarily matter. It was the third one that was the dagger that mattered. And the defense credit to them in and making some of those turnovers inconsequential. Thanks to Quandre Diggs, thanks to the the stop by DK Metcalf and the following defensive stand on four downs. And you can't turn the ball over three times and expect to win.
0: Yeah. And it's it's, you know, Russ is amazing and there's no there's no but here. There's not like some gotcha. Russ has six picks on the year. One of them was that first one that went off of uh, the, you know, the the shoulder blades above Olsen for the for the first pick six or, or the only pick six um, because of DK. The other five are, are bad passes. Like so that that's the other piece too. Is like, again, we're not gonna we're not gonna dive into Russ. We don't we don't, we don't win games without Russ. We know this already. But there's something about the decision making that's like sometimes it's like what's it's like a, a bit of a short circuit. Where I'm I'm joking saying Jameis stepped in for a half a second in his brain, but it's I don't think we saw much of that last year. While his interceptions are super low, he's got 22 freaking touchdowns. Five of six interceptions are pretty brutal.
1: And I think this is something that people need to recognize is something that will happen when you throw the ball as much as you do. You you look at Peyton Manning's 55 touchdown season over a four game stretch. He had six interceptions, so he did do pretty well to keep it to 10 interceptions that season when he had the 55 touchdown passes. So I think Russ can get back to that. He just has to avoid those those decisions like throwing to Chris Carson when Buda Baker is is you know streaming out of the and, and making kind of a lazy pass that yep. Buda Baker is able to step in front of. Had he waited, you know, a couple ticks, he would have seen Buda Baker maybe come into his field of vision. He had DK Metcalf running wide open over yep. the middle. He you know maybe he hits him for a touchdown instead in, in that situation. And the last one bothered me the most just because I felt that Russ would not throw be so quick. To throw in that situation, because just knowing that Arizona, when they line up to show you an all out blitz, it's very rare that they come that quickly. And I think maybe he was just a little bit freaked out by the the uh, the guys that had got to him before his running backs inability to pick up the blitz with Travis Homer not being in there. Maybe we'll get to that. But there were variables that went into that eventual third interception. And uh, like I said, maybe we'll get into it.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right though. I think he was a little spooked, you know, it just, he just, they got in his head a little bit. They made adjustments and, you know, you, you got to tap, you got to tip your hat in some ways. We scored seven, you know, from the second half on. Right. So they made adjustments where we, we, we kind of failed to, we'll probably talk a bit about that as well. And, you know, at the end of that, Hey, we are five and one. He's still playing amazing, amazing football, and there was there's so many standouts too that we're not even we're not even gonna get into uh, because we got to get into the ins and the outs and the nooks and the crannies to get a little deeper. And I hope this is a bit cathartic for the folks out there that that took it hard like I like I certainly did. Because there was lots of good to talk about. However, we're gonna have to get over to the outside of ledger first. We have the one rule. We're not gonna. We are not going we can not repeat the one rule because just you don't get to do that when you don't get the W. So you just have to over. know
1: that we start with an out.
0: That's it. We start with an out. Let's get to it. Let's rip the band-aid off and let's get to that first out. All right, Brandon. We're recapping the 37 to 34 OT loss to the Cardinals. We're on the first out. All right. Listen, I. I like, I like this guy and I'm ready for the other guy to come back. I like what I see from Ryan Neal and I'm so ready for Adams to get back on the field, mainly because Ryan Neal has a tackling problem. Mm. Ryan Neal has a, he's got a, he's got a tackling issue and it showed up again. I like his speed. I like his veracity. I definitely like his attitude. I like that he brings his hat. He does not wrap the way Adams does. The first couple of weeks, we were like, wow, this team is tackling so efficiently and so effectively. And it made a huge difference. In this game, you know, go to a particular, a particular play, 27-17, to 17, first drive of the, of the third quarter. It's a second down play, and it's like a dump off to Edmonds. And Neal just doesn't wrap, misses him, and allows him to go get like another 10-plus yards. So instead of it being like a third and fairly long, it's a first down. And and there they go. They're, they're off and running. And we just, and there was others on the team too. This was not singled out just to Neil. However, three and three out, we like to kind of hang hang these on some people. So going to give that first out to Neil. I appreciate effort. I always love the dude. He's got to tackle better. and that And that showed up for me a few too many times.
1: Looking at the pro football focus grades, Ryan Neal, the second lowest graded Seahawk on the day. And he had that you know he was just credited for that one missed tackle. He had two stops on the day, so that was kind of nice. but 71 yards is what he gave up, which was the third worst for the team on uh, on Sunday night. So definitely an outworthy performance by Ryan Neal.
0: Any other tackling issues that you saw that you know popped off the page for you?
1: Uh, in terms of statistics, KJ Wright had the third most missed tackles, but I I don't think I could give him an out the way he no. played uh, throughout this game. So uh, and then he led the team in stops. So on one hand, he has the business. On the other hand, he he came up with some some big time stops and limited to the the Cardinals to so only 34 yards receiving when throwing his direction. So another good game from KJ Wright.
0: Yeah, he's he's a monster on those screens, right? Like he just he broke up a couple of screens, or at least one. I think it was uh, I think it was Dunbar that broke up another another screen early in the game. And so they did a, they actually did a nice job with those wide receiver screens, did not let those come back to bite him. Another big missed tackle that stood out to me that I just think needs to be talked about is um, Dunbar misses a tackle on Kirk about two thirty-five to go in the game. You know we're up ten. This was just you know up ten. In Arizona, all we gotta do is convert a, convert a third down, and we lose that game. So we, we've we've seen we've seen this uh, this this before, you know, in in certain ways. Um, this time, even later. But being up ten in Arizona was we'll certainly bringing back some memories, and, and that I don't want to talk about. But yeah, Dunbar had had Kirk lined up, and he just lets Kirk spin out, and he dives for the end zone and gets that touchdown. Now Kirk and the, and the Cardinals, they might they probably get in on that drive. Just they you know they likely do. But maybe we burn another 15, 20, 30 seconds. Who knows how much longer it would take. Right Every second was so friggin important, obviously because they, they end up kicking the, the game tying one as time expires. But not making open field tackles when you've got you've gotta at least force them to use their timeouts. You know, boy, oh boy, uh, there were just some critical errors.
1: Yeah, after that drive was extended for them due to the the, the Mayoa penalty. The Seahawks, they, they made it so easy for them. They only had to run two more plays before that Christian Kirk touchdown. So if you play solid defense, if you make some tackles that you they could have made, then maybe they extend that drive a little bit more. Maybe it takes them all the way down to the two-minute warning before they're able to get into the end zone. And then the Seahawks get the ball back. Then maybe they're – and maybe you force them to make a, a timeout there because – the Cardinals still had all three timeouts left on the board. It was the subsequent drive after that by the Seahawks where they made them take all three of their timeouts. Yeah. You just wonder how much different it would be if they had less than 50 seconds in the game to go down and score that game winning field goal at the end.
0: Yep. Yep. It was uh, it, it, the, the, you know, at that point of the game, time, time was more valuable than, than yards. And that, that equates to, you got to tackle, you got to tackle in the open field. So they made a couple of errors it is what it is that's you know but there but again even in a loss this is kind of the nice part of three and three out even in a loss we could we could sit back and reflect on good things that happened not just the star studded things not just 200 yards for Lockett with toe drag swag and you know three touchdowns which was freaking amazing but other things by by role players that we saw that came out that we'll get to and and i think be pretty happy and proud about
1: I'm looking forward to it, Clinton. Much more than, and I'm I'm glad we've got one out out of the way. That means that there's we have more ins than outs left.
0: Glass half full, or two thirds, or or three fifths. I'm with you. All right, Brandon. Let's talk about some of these ins because th- there was some goodness here. So one I wanna I wanna put out to you and and just lob over to you and see if you saw this too was. We did not see a whole heck of a lot of number 57, right? We did not see a lot of of Cody Barton. Instead, we had Cody Barton minus one, which, you know, if we're doing the math again, is 56. We saw a good amount of Jordan Brooks. And now I'm not saying that there were not flaws. And I'm not saying that the dude played a perfect game or that we're going to go search and see see a good or bad or indifferent PFF grade. What I am going to say is that his speed showed out to me. His speed was there when they, when Drake is trying to get to the edge down by the goal line, he's, he's, you know, bla blasting dudes, getting past pulling guards and, and making plays. He just brings a level of quickness and he's still super young. You know, this is what this was the set, his second game with, with a legitimate time on the field. Is that, is that accurate?
1: You, you could probably say second game because in the Dallas game, he had 14 snaps. So I guess if the cutoff is double-digit snaps, he just had seven snaps and and eight snaps in Atlanta in the games against Atlanta and New England, but uh, he had thirty-eight snaps in this game against Arizona.
0: Yeah, so there you go. So that at least that bears out. For me, I thought we did look faster as a whole, and I just thought Brooks, you know, had had a pretty good nose to the ball. So I know it's 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 going to get lost in a game like this, and everyone's going to be very bitter about a loss like this, including myself. My thing to gravitate or grab around is saying like, all right, this defense has some issues. What we have, we do have some young players out there. Brooks being obviously one of them and being our first rounder. I did like that. I I saw good, solid progress from that young man. And in a loss, I'm happy to kind of report that.
1: Yeah. I think if we're going to point out the one play that I would give it to Jordan Brooks on, it was after DK ran down Buda Baker. And that four play series, it was a third and two and Murray tried to go to the left. And it was Jordan Brooks that made that tackle on third and two, made that tackle for a loss. And so that set it up for fourth and three. You wondered if they'd go for the field goal in that situation, take the points. They decide to go for it on fourth and three and they get the stop. So I I credit Jordan Brooks for that third and two stop uh, taking down Kyler Murray as kind of being his signature play of this game against the Cardinals
0: clearly murray is a is a son of a you know what to to try and tackle out there right so super elusive super super slippery and going into the game we talked about it in in the uh, the week before we're like you know this is the this is the thing and if we can contain him and not let him just bleed us out with with uh with third down runs we're going to win the game and actually overall i thought we did a pretty good job of that i didn't i didn't the game didn't end and i was like oh man Murray, you know, ran wild on us. In fact, I thought Wilson ran more effectively than Murray did.
1: I know the, the big talking point coming out of this game is just how little pressure that they put on Kyler Murray, but watching the game, it did seem like that was by design for the Seahawks defense because Shaquem Griffin was not rushing the passer. He was out on the field. He was spying Kyler Murray. So as much as people are crushing the pass rush it was the strategy that pete carroll went into this game with
0: yeah it was you know it came up in the discord right Where people like hey we gotta stop playing prevent i was like i don't think we're playing prevent we're playing a three-man rush plus you know queen queen as the as the spy and it was clearly evident he wasn't even engaging he wasn't trying to get past the guys he was just mostly trying to keep like a vision is what what it seemed like right just keep keep his eyes on him on murray and just have a lane towards him and just kind of always make sure there was enough space if he has to go at him and again for the most part i actually think we did okay there so it's a tough one we always got to muddle through the losses and we hate it thankfully we're seahawks fans and you know thankfully this this it happens less than the winds do so why don't we hop on back over to these outs and just charge through these next two outs
1: two more ins two more outs i kind of like the symmetry let's take a quick break and we'll hit all those coming up next
0: chuck willery tune two. And two. All right, Brandon. We're back on the not so savory and definitely not so sweet side of the ledger, the outside of the ledger. Listen, man, when you when you lose some dudes, you know, when you lose some guys, uh, it hurts. And you know, we lose Carson, and he hopefully not too significant. Looks like a mild foot sprain. We'll see what the heck that means. I also just saw news that looks like looks like Hyde's got a hamstring, you know, potential tweak now too. So, so we lose these guys, and and then Homer's not in there. So. You end up with like DJ Dallas in the in the in the backfield, second and ten, minute fifteen to go in the game, and you know I know he's a rook. I know this is I know Arizona's throwing flashing new new things at them and really bringing the heat late in the game and things that just had not done all game long. Again, tipping the hat a little bit for them to get get a little ingenuitive with it, but there's a play there where DJ Dallas just completely just overshoots. He slides to the left. Overshoots a blitzer, russ has to rush it, fires a ball incomplete, and then we're in third and 10. And it just was, it just for me, it just stood out as it reminded you know, you know why I didn't like it? It reminded me of like coming down the stretch late last year, where we lost our dudes and we're like going into Green Bay with at that point, like the Travis Homers of the world, right? So now Travis Homer's playing pretty damn good and he and he is a very efficient, uh, you know, uh, blocking back at the very least, and he's out. And then DJ Dallas can't come up with it. So given the Rook, the O, I know it's tough, but you got to make, you got to block. That's why you're in there.
1: So I can, I can understand Clinton, you wanting to give the out here to DJ Dallas, but you ran down all the reasons we need to be pumping DJ Dallas up. If Carson's not going to be back next week, if Hyde's going to be out with his hamstring issue, if Travis Homer's uh, knee contusion isn't going to be healthy, DJ Dallas is going to be our number one guy. We're going to be counting on him. For San Francisco. So uh, I think that this for him, it's got to be a learning experience. He's he does need to pick up those in those situations. He has to recognize where the hole is and and potentially see that delayed blitzer coming right through the hole. And if he's going to be our main guy uh, and I don't know who they're going to get, they're going to have to bring in some dudes because I, I think even the the dude that we had on practice squad is on injured reserve. So and I don't know if he's coming off. That anytime soon. So this could be an interesting week for the Seahawks trying to find a guy to be in the backfield. I, I don't think even DJ Dallas is going to be able to do all this by himself come next week.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, we're set up for we are set up for a nice redemption song, which we do love that on three and three outs. So I appreciate I appreciate that. You say we got to pick the rook up, and you're a hundred percent right. What's kind of funny, or you know, maybe not funny at all, is the fact that during the break, during the uh, during the the bye week, we talked about San Francisco being all banged up at running back specifically. Like, yeah. oh, Mostert's out now. Wilson had a game. Wilson got hurt. So they're down to what you know, they their third and fourth stringers as well. So you're gonna have two teams kind of limping in, in the backfield who just don't have really their first, second, or even third stringers available, it's going to be interesting. So, yeah, hey, it's a learning moment. Go back and, and learn young Rook and next week, pick it up.
1: Got to pick it up because this ratio, uh, he was in for six snaps on the day and he gave up two quarterback hits. Talk about the glass being half full, three quarters full. His <laughs> was uh, one-third uh, disastrous.
0: Yeah, two out of three ain't good. The, the exact meatloaf opposite. All right, Brandon. We're back on the fun side of the ledger. There were a couple of plays. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Listen, when you run student body lefts, toss sweep lefts, and you got dudes out there mac trucking it down the field and I'm sitting there going, is that Big Walt? Who is that out there? <laughs> and of course it's it's you know, Dwayne Brown's no slouch whatsoever. He's not he's not a, you know, first bout hall of Famer like Big Walt. But there were a couple of times this game, not just the student body left toss sweeps where Dwayne was leading the brigade, but so many other plays too, where, where Brown just, I thought, played beautifully. I mm. think Brown played a fantastic, fantastic game. So much so that when we attempted some sort of pitch to the right later in the game and lost like a bajillion yards, I was like, what are we doing? Like, clearly we're, we're, just mauling them on the left hand side. Left hand side. Now all of a sudden we try to okey doke them back to the right. Do what's working, but stick it with the positive. I thought that was some of the best, you know, run blocking that I've seen from that left side all year long, and and I liked it, man. That's an in. So carrying that forward, those are those are some beautiful blocks. And Dwayne Brown, it was right at the center of it.
1: You know, we talk about the eye test. We talk about some of these PFF stats. As we run through this Clinton and it is glorious when they match up, because I know that you're not looking at PFF before no. the game, before we do this or after the game. And so when I pull up Dwayne Brown's uh, stat list from PFF, he was the highest graded offensive line. He was the, the he was the highest graded offensive player, apart from Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson, the the magnificent duo in this game. He had a pass block grade in the 80s, by far better than any other Seahawks offensive lineman, had a a run block grade in the 70s, which was better than any other offensive lineman. Will Disley was the only one who graded out higher than him, who was a non-offensive lineman. Uh, Well, I guess Tyler had a crazy good run block grade, too. So credit to him on that. But uh, yeah, for Dwayne Brown, no pressures on the night given up. And out of all the offensive linemen, he was the only one who didn't give up a pressure. Pretty good night for Jordan Simmons with one. Damian Lewis had one. Uh, Ethan Posick gave up two pressures, and Brandon Shell gave up the most with four. So it was an outstanding game from Dwayne Brown.
0: So you know stats don't lie, and, and I'm, glad, I'm glad they I'm glad they did did reflect what the eye test was was proven out there. So we'll just the, that that's a great in. Very often that the line does not get enough credit, but I think they did enough in this game that we should have won the darn game. And again, if we get those student body lifts where I'm like, oh my gosh, is that, is that touchdown Alexander being led by friggin' Walt? And no, it was Hyde, you know, getting down the sideline, which we can talk real quickly about. The worst ever touchdown call by al michaels <laughs> who's just like and he's out of bounds like what a what a disaster like it wasn't even fun it was like i didn't know how to react i'm like is he in what happened there so thanks al let well, see up, the, you know. the
1: credit to carlos hyde for making that tiptoe dance down the sideline look so darn easy that al michaels just could not believe that he uh stayed in bounds and actually scored that touchdown so some, some credit to carlos hyde
0: I like that. Give it to give the, the the additional nudge in on that play. Brown gets the, the capital eye. Give give Hyde the little eye for for fooling even the late the late. <laughs> he's not dead.
1: <laughs> the hell's wrong with it? He's, he's late in years though.
0: Yeah, he's he's up. Yeah, he's up in his years. Yes, yes. The uh, the, the great announcer Al Michaels with uh, with the worst call in, in his freaking career. But credits credit to Hyde. I love it. All right, Brandon. We are back on there. this. Thankfully, thank the Maker, as, as C-3PO would say, this is the last out. Um, listen, it's it, we're going back to OT. It's it's overtime. We're in the desert. This game should be ours. About six six twenty, six thirty to go in the game. We're moving the chains. We're kind of close to, to midfield, or basically at, at midfield. Uh, we had a poor first down play call, and Hyde loses six. We pick up, we pick 10 right back up with DJ Dallas and we get, so we get to a third and six and just a really, really unfortunate penalty. Shell takes the, O. you gotta have your head in the game. I know it's one play, but as you mentioned earlier, Shell also had the weakest game. So he was the weakest link out there in the biggest moment. He shrunk. He gets a false start. Moves it back to third and eleven, and we know the we know the rest from there. So for me, Brandon Shell gets the O, and I just I, I'm d- I'm done with it. I'm passing it to you.
1: You know, a lot of people joke that the Arizona Cardinals Stadium must be built on some kind of burial ground because there always seems to be injuries, weird things that happened. I don't know if I give this out to Brandon Shell or if I give it to the ghost of Jermaine Fetty, who's buried beneath this field and somehow rose up. From beneath the grass to possess Brandon Shell. Uh, I don't know if it's because Shell touched the ground in just the wrong spot, and much like in Fallen, you know he he somehow possesses Jermaine Ifedi's body to false start in that moment. But I I guess I got to give the out to Ifedi in this situation just just because
0: that feels better. It feels better than giving it to a current Seahawk. You know, um, it's it's also close to Halloween. Right. So we just we have to factor these things in when we're when we're talking about a a potential uh, poltergeist that 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 ruined uh, ruined this game yeah, for us.
1: Somehow this happened and it, it, we just can't discount it. Uh, it was a huge play in the game because then Russell Wilson sacked for 10 yards the next play. They had the ball. They had gotten it to midfield. Geno Smith had won the coin toss. Another clutch, clutch moment for him. And yet, the Seahawks not able to capitalize. Yeah, like you said, we know the story from there.
0: Yeah, we, the, the the rest, as they say, is history. Let's call the out section history. We got one more in. Let's get to it, and then we got our from the flock, which of course we're going to bathe in and just kind of just marinate in because you know we we feel we feel all the feels with you. There were the highs, the lows, and we'll get to all those. All right, Brandon, last in. We'll make it a quick one. We've been—I've been a little verbose. I come on here and I say that I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm all verklempt and I—I I don't want to say too many things and then I then I ramble on. This is this is what happens when uh when we lose games and it throws my Monday into a into a tizzy. So I'll give this short one here. Twenty to seven, two forty-five to go in the second quarter. It's a second and eight for the for the Redbirds, and we bring one of our infamous three-man rushes, and it was not three-man plus a spy. It wasn't three-man and a baby. Nope. It was just a straight three-man rush. And what did we see? Now, he didn't show up all that much, but on this particular play, boy, oh, boy, Monet gets triple-teamed during this play. He blows three dudes back into Murray's grill, and Murray is incomplete, like throws something a little wild, a little low. Beautiful, great play by by, by Monet there. I know it's the, you know super, super small thing, However, seeing him take on the center and I believe the right guard and the blocking back and still blow it all the way back and just put it in Murray's face. Beautiful play, small in, but a deserved in to Monet.
1: Clinton, I love that Monet is getting some credit for this game because, you know, it's, it's one of those you, you cover the cranniest of crannies. And I feel like this is probably something that goes overlooked for most people yet. I mean, Monet on the day, he's kind of swapping time with Puna Ford and Puna Ford. He had that, you know, that really nice strip um, on the screen pass. Brian Monet was the second highest graded defensive player by pro football focus in this game. And there is not a whole lot of positives. You had Puna Ford, you had Brian Monet and and probably Quandre Diggs uh, before it starts uh, looking pretty iffy as far as the grades go. But uh really nice to see Monet get a little bit of credit and yeah, eating up blockers.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, dude took on three guys and still still made the play. And you know, the the thing about this, this again, the game pisses me off because it was ours and we should have won the game and we didn't, and I get that already and move on. And with that, the only time they ran the ball really effectively was late when our dudes were just straight gassed. We're talking like late fourth quarter and then into overtime. Most of the game our run defense including Puna, certainly Monet we were good. Like you know, Drake was doing nothing, nothing. And Edmonds is probably a little bit more talented than Drake anyway. So I think that kind of actually went in their favor when, uh, when he became the one, when Drake got hurt late, Mm -hmm. but we, we bottled them up. We did a very nice job, believe it or not. And so I was really happy with the run defense after the game we had versus, you know, Dalvin, Dalvin and the cooks with the purple people eaters over there. This was a better performance. It just, it just kind of got late. They wore down and it showed up that showed up late, but, I'm glad that, again, I do not look at PFF. That's not my jam. Uh, I like hearing about it, and it's but it's cool when it matches the eye test. Um, but yeah, Monet look it, if,
1: if you would have called out Monet and I would have looked at PFF and saw that he had like a grade of forty or fifty, I wouldn't have brought it up, but there because go, yeah. but because what you saw matched up and and calling him out as the second highest graded player, I, I thought that was important.
0: Well, I appreciate that. For And for that too, I'm going to, you know, we have the MVC, the most valuable cranny. I'm going to send it to Monet. It's his in a game where we lose. It is the the micro moments where, you know, plays like that are why we could have and should have won. So Monet, congrats. You get the MVC. We'll send you something so you can hang it in your locker.
1: That's one of those things, Clinton. If, if you win the award and a loss, it's like, you don't give out a game ball in a loss. I don't know. I don't even know if we should be giving out an MVC in a loss.
0: That's a fair point. I'll have to reevaluate that. Okay. So for five weeks now, we've gotten used to winning. We were handing out the MVC. Brandon calls it out and says, you know what? We probably shouldn't give out any awards when you lose. You know what? He's right. We're gonna. We're gonna. Sorry, Monet. Sorry. <laughs> First, we give it. Now we take it away. The MVC goes back in the, uh, you know, back in the harvest, back in the back in the hopper win it again when when we get a W and maybe we'll just give you, we'll glorify it that much more, but you don't get it. We won't be blessed or graced by the brand in this week either. When Brandon gets to choose his in, listen, when you lose, there's consequences and we lost. So we don't get the MVC. We don't get the brand in. However,
1: I was however, starting to feel better about this game. You're know, talking through the loss with you, starting to feel like I'm I'm kind of recovering. And yes, then I hit yes. you with the no MVC. You hit me back with the no brand in. And now I feel like we're just throwing haymakers at each other. Well, clung.
0: I've got something to lift, to, to rise, you know, rise the tide to lift all boats here. And that is from the flock. Want to get to that? Let's do it. Okay, Brandon, let's remind the good folks out there, We you know, how the heck they could find us, follow us if they want to stalk us. Listen, I haven't I have not I haven't been stalked in a while. So being stalked is kind of nice. So if you want to stalk us on social media, you can find me at, at Clinton Bond. You of course could follow the one, the only the great Brandon Schultz at Seahawkerspod. And there's other ways to get even more involved than just stalking us on social media, which again, I welcome the stalking, but some of the great ways are you could join, uh, Brandon on the discord and you could also join the flock. There's different ways you could get involved. Like there's the Facebook page ring of honor, which is super, super fun. And there's, like I said, the, 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 the game day discord where there's such fun, great conversations going on. But Brandon, enough about the stuff. How do people get involved? What do they do?
1: Yeah, you gave the ways to stock us for free. And that's following on yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah. But if you want to help support the podcast and everything that, that Clinton does for this, everything that I do with the podcast, you can go to com. And by supporting it, you are welcomed in. We have a Discord channel that we chat with on game day for everybody who comes in at $3 and above. And for $12 and above, that gets you into the Facebook group where we chat every single day about the Seahawks. So uh com if you want to be part of that.
0: Yeah. just totally worth listen uh, it's, it's, it's compromise elsewhere in your life compromise elsewhere find the money for this because it's darn fun if it's three bucks you just want to do a game day discord's so much fun you know if you want to pony up and be in it every single day and get like great go- golden girls gifts and stuff like that but what a great community that you and Adam have both built around around the podcast so uh it's so so freaking fun it you know what it does? It makes losses that are always crappy, a heck of a lot more bearable because at the end of the day we're all humans. We want to feel, we want to love, we want to hurt, we want to cry. and let's get to the flock.
1: yes, and we all get to feel it together as we go through that process. So yes, let's get to some of the ins and outs from the flock. I'm going to start with at thirty three Scott Campbell on Twitter. He comes in with an in for KJ Wright, the screen whisperer. And if I did have a brand in for this Clinton, I would have given it to K.J. Wright, too. But Scott, he's got him covered on this. And the the play to me was to start the third quarter. The mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals, they get the ball. They get a big pass to Chase Edmonds up the middle. They get 21 yards. They're, they're to midfield already. Just as they go over midfield, they have a second and seven. They got three dudes lined up over on the right side. And neither of the two receivers blocking for deandre hopkins are able to get their mitts on kj Wright. he just goes right around him takes down deandre hopkins for a four-yard loss it was an incredible play led to a punt but kj Wright coming up with a big stop in that moment
0: the the thing for me here is that every time i underestimate your sneakiness you just you just surprised me you know once again to, to get the brand in in and you know what no, that I was Scotts. Well, yeah, right, right, right. It was Scotts. Right, Scott, Scotts. Right, uh, but no, really. But great job calling that out. And that was a beautiful play. And um, you no, know, Scotts one hundred percent correct. KJ has done this in his entire his entire career. He's deadly against screens and uh, did it again. So I loved it. So talking talking about doing it again. Mickey Swank is a powerhouse out on Twitter at Mickey Swank. He goes by Schmick out there, but at Mickey Swank he goes out. Not letting Russ get the first down at the end of regulation. Horrible, horrible play call. And I want to just, you know, uh, buttress that with uh, with, Lisa, with Lisa Carlson, DKF Metcalf fan club out on Discord. She said, GD it. Total gutless punt. So it's a bit of a combo here because I know she was talking about not going forward, even though we were in our own, you know, in our own territory, just not going for it when it got to fourth and one or fourth and two and putting it away. So that combo of a third, you know, third and two run when you don't have your best players in there, you got hide and then not going for it on fourth down and punting it and into the end zone didn't sit, did not sit well with some of the flock.
1: Right hand Dan comes in with an in for all three tight ends who caught a pass on National Tight End Day. So I didn't know that National Tight End Day was a thing, but I'm glad Russell Wilson recognized it and got all three of the tight ends involved.
0: I thought it was a different thing. So I celebrated other stuff on National Tight End Day, whatever. But, but we, you and I talked about getting the tight ends more involved during the the, the week off. We talked about this. That's right. And, we saw it. We saw it. We saw Uncle Will. We saw, you know, good doses of all with of the nice one hand, you know, snag. And we saw Hollister getting a couple, too. Again, I just we should have won this freaking game.
1: I I, I think I'm going to make it all season and still think about how we should have won this game, Clinton.
0: Yeah. And so we beat them later. It's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. We, we'll, we'll get something. This is nice. Derek Williamson out on Twitter, out on Twitter at Derek W zero, that's a zero folks, D-E-R-E-K-W zero. He says in Russell, looking at the playbook with less than 30 seconds on the clock, cards are about to try a field goal. That's his positive mindset. Russ is always in it.
1: Kenneth Reyes comes in via Facebook with some ins and outs. I'm going to go, I'm going to take his out with the defensive penalties. That was a huge impact on this game. Not just the defensive penalties, but then you throw in a special teams penalty on Benson Mayoa on that field goal with the leverage and gosh, if they have to kick a field goal there, if it's only an offsides call, they likely just allowed the points to stay up on the board because it would still be fourth and seven and having to score a touchdown with the amount of time that would have been left on the clock. It, uh, it would have been a lot more difficult for the Cardinals instead, Mayo compounding the problem by pushing his hands on the backs of the offensive linemen, taking the the personal foul call, giving them a chance to, to get in the end zone there. That was, it was a momentous penalty and definitely outworthy.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, accurate, right? Like the Bobby Wagner penalty, the personal foul where he just hits a frigging tight end when there was a bad pass. That was just rubbish. That was on a third and five and they would have had to punt. That was like, that was such a game changer. changed the entire momentum took five minutes off the clock and they get seven on that drive. However, Mayoa. Like, rules are rules. That rule's been around for a number of years now. You can't, you could try to jump the dude, but you better be camp chancellor good and not touch their friggin' back when you do it. So, he's got to know better. Mayo is, he's he's got to know better. Just terrible, terrible job there.
1: But now I understand. But now I understand, Clinton, why the tight end got the call in that day. The refs were recognizing National Tight End Day and Bobby oh. Wagner can't be hitting tight ends who don't catch the ball uh, as hard as he did. So... Uh, oh, it, it was no. just the officials recognizing the special, special day set aside for tight ends.
0: Everybody gets a freaking day nowadays. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So, hey, Thad is radical. Thad just joined on Discord, I think like like an hour before the game. It was like, Melon, get your suit on. We need you. And he's triple Lindying into into the Discord, doing a fantastic job. He was also talking about the tight ends looking really good. However, he also says out. He goes, again, why is Trey Flowers playing nine yards off the ball every stinking down? You know what? I, I was seeing the same thing in overtime. Flowers comes in and it's like first down, first down, and there's a a huge cushion out there. And it's like an easy, easy catch and pass. Now it's second and one, and, and they're moving the chains. And it would even Collinsworth called it out too. It's like, that is way too much room. Flowers is just what he is. We got to stay healthy back on our DBs. That's going to be a challenge, obviously, with, with some some uh some dings that we got going into the, to the Niners game. But good call out by Fad. Trey is just he, he's just not that good.
1: Yeah, Lopez had that same comment in the discord group. Uh, also out from Michael Paul. He gives all three outs to defensive coordinator Ken Norton. And I believe DCH was in on the the given an out toward Ken Norton, saying that we have a Ken Norton problem. And I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it because I don't think anything's going to happen with Ken Norton. So why waste my air talking about something and complaining about something that's not going to happen?
0: Yeah, I don't see it happen. I just don't see them making a midseason switch at, a, at five and one, you know, and a team that's that's still still going to be favored to, to go a long, long way here. Um, but Wade
1: was- Phillips is out there. Bring him in maybe as a, an assistant or, you know, a uh, what do you call those, those coaches that just – Kind of help out, sit up in the box and, you know, they they mainly eat chips, but they may have a nugget or two for the defensive coordinator to to just whisper into his ear. And, you know, a Super Bowl winning defensive coach like Wade Phillips, he, he might be one of those guys that could help out in those situations.
0: I wouldn't mind having the advisory of, of, Phillips, Phillips and Phillips. It'd be, it'd be quite nice. So I, I agree. We're going to stick with the outs real quick. This one coming from the man, Adam the Rants, you know, the, the co-host of the Seahawkers podcast, the, the, the best, the best pod out there. Uh, and he just goes out, you know, you know, Adam better than probably most on the, on this earth. He's a man of brevity sometimes and he just goes out digs tackling. We talked about that a bit earlier. Yeah. Digs just didn't tackle very well.
1: Well, how about an out here from Ella Ella AA? She comes in via discord, says out Wilson's throws looking like they had too much air under them tonight. And there were a couple plays where, you know, not just the interceptions, but even on some completed passes that I saw over the middle that were just a little bit too high, that fortunately uh, that uh, the receivers were able to bring them down. Uh, I think David Moore made a couple of, of tough catches that, you know, weren't right on the money. Tyler Lockett made some sensational catches but there were just enough throws that it did look like Wilson was off. And that's what Ella's picking up on there with the out.
0: All right. We want to remind everybody that, you know, the way to get these in, you know, for three in three out is, well, first of all, like we said, join the discord, you know, pony up there, join, uh, the, join, get, get in the for the Seahawks pod ring of honor. Or if you want to go the stalking route on social media, During the games, hit me and brand it up. Hashtag it 3i3o. We'll likely see it. Now, we don't get them all in because even in a loss, we've got such great momentum and such great people around us that we just can't fit them all in. So I apologize if we didn't get to yours. It's not a popularity contest. It's basically us thumbing through these things saying, that's a good one. Uh, So I'm going to end on one good one from John Bryan's face in the Discord. He goes in, nothing other than lock it. And I th- I'm going to take that towards the positive. Not to say like nobody else was good, but Lockett. But holy smokes, we didn't talk about him too much. But 200 yards, three touchdowns, the toe drag swag.
1: The very first catch of his on the very first play of the game, where yeah. Patrick Peterson is draped all over him, and he brings the he brings in the ball with one hand
0: crazy yeah he, he was he was he had a beautiful lovely game and the you know as we you know it this is three and three out we have the sober yin we have the raging yang it is literally about the balance between those two things we had a couple of weeks where lockett kind of disappeared and dk was was a monster now dk you know for the most part he just disappeared of course he had that call back on the uh the david moore hold we didn't talk anything about that would have been an awesome, awesome ending to to his game because he was the hero. Didn't happen, but you know, DK is out, and we get a monster, monster game from Lockett. Uh, you know, hey Danielson, or or maybe you're Mr. Miyagi, Brandon. I don't know. I feel I feel like you're Miyagi here. Like, can we get balance where you know we get back to a sense where it's like 85 for Lockett, 112 for DK, 120 for 120 for Lockett. 79 and two touchdowns for DK we got to get back to that balance and I'm really hopeful we see it next next Sunday we'll take it on the Niners
1: why do you have to end by referring to me with someone from Karate Kid I, I started this out with Roadhouse I mean you could refer to me as Dalton or you could refer to me as the more handsome character and Wade I, I, but no <laughs> you, you went to Mr. Miyagi you Miyagi'd me Listen
0: A Mr Miyagi is a very very handsome handsome man in his own right let's let's be clear about that Number 2 I didn't want to saddle you with anything named Dalton in a week where Andy Dalton's head was almost freaking taken off his body by I think it was Bostick, right? Yep. So I even when you said it I was like, "Oh, that the name Dalton is just hitting me all the wrong ways. I, I don't want to saddle you with that, Brandon. I, you you are Mr. Miyagi. You're the you're the one who settles us, you bring us back. You you're my universe." And with that, <laughs> there's only one thing left to say.
1: Go Hawks. Go
0: Hawks.